there are some horror stories out there. So I think it really comes down to personality compatibility in a big way, first of all, and then also the skill sets because if you're very entrepreneurial and then you've got another person who's just as gusto as you, there can be clashes if you don't actually, you know, have clear boundaries on what your strengths are. Do you love your business? You should, right? Well, sometimes we just don't. It's my hope that this, the My Daily Business Coach podcast, helps you regain a little of that lost love by providing tips and tactics, tools, insights, inspiration, all the good stuff to help you actually enjoy running your business. In addition to actionable tips and tactics that you'll be able to execute immediately, you'll also hear from creative small business owners around the world who've been able to sidestep the hustle and build a business that merges their passion with their purpose and provides a profit. I'm your host, Fiona Kalaki, founder of My Daily Business Coach. Let's get going. Hello and welcome to episode 206, 206 of the My Daily Business Coach podcast. My name is Fiona Kalaki and I am the host of this podcast. I'm also a speaker, an author, a mum, a wife and a business coach. And if you are interested in business coaching and you want to get in before the end of this year, I know that sounds sort of crazy saying this in, you know, May, but yeah, we are filling up. So we are starting to book people in now for August and September. So if you're interested in one-on-one coaching, please get in touch with us. And if you want to start earlier than that, we actually are running group coaching to start in July. So if you are interested in getting in and starting and you still get one-on-one sessions with me, but you also get the group, which meets every two weeks for a year, you can find all the information at mydailybusinesscoach.com forward slash group coaching, or you can just send us a DM. I'm at mydailybusinesscoach and we can send you the information so you can apply. It's a beautiful, beautiful program. I've been running it for years now. I just love seeing the way that people develop and change and become good friends with the other people that are in the group. It's one of my favorite things to do. So group coaching will be kicking off in July. We will be finalizing and interviewing people through June. So if you're keen, definitely check out mydailybusinesscoach.com forward slash group coaching. And of course, if you want to do one-on-one coaching, you can find all the information at mydailybusinesscoach.com forward slash shop, or you can just email us as well. And we can set that up for you. So today it is a small business interview episode, and that's where I interview creative small business owners from across the globe, actually, and talk to them about all sorts of things from what are the best tools and and programs they use through to how do they get started, you know, how do they get through challenges, all those sorts of things. And today it's a really interesting guest. So before we get stuck into that, I just wanted to, of course, acknowledge the traditional owners and custodians on the beautiful land on which I'm able to record this podcast, and that is the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. And I pay my respects to their elders, past, present, and emerging, and acknowledge that sovereignty has never been ceded. And as a small business owner, I also pledge to work in ways that aid in really helping equality for First Nations people and for all people across the globe. All right, let's get stuck into today's episode. So 
So today I am talking to Sarah Thornton, who is co-founder alongside Brooke Johnson of The Finders Keepers. Now, if you're in Australia and you're in the creative space, you may well have heard of or have even you know, had a stall at one of The Finders Keepers markets. It was started in 2008 by Sarah and Brooke and really has grown from sort of this market that they wanted to create because they couldn't find something that was like what they wanted to have into this huge platform that actually has events throughout the east coast of Australia, as well as an online marketplace. It has, as of this year, I think, the Creative Business Summit, and they have an online shop and just they're real champions of the creative community in Australia. So a while ago, I think it's a few months ago now, Sarah contacted us and and sort of pitched to be on the podcast and knowing their business and, and knowing that, you know, I have a number of clients who've actually had stalls there. And and so I just thought, yeah, let's hear from them and hear about, you know, how did they start? What challenges have they come up against, especially being a, you know, predominantly physical events-based business going through the pandemic. And actually when we recorded this, they had just postponed their creative business summit because of the floods that were happening in Northeast Australia. And so The Creative Business Summit is actually happening in June. So if you're listening to this in real time, you can check that out and we'll have the links in the show notes. But yeah, I wanted to chat to Sarah and sort of ask about how did this all happen? You know, how do you go with staff? All sorts of things. So if you have gone to the Finders Keepers or you have, you know, had a stall there or you have interacted with them in some way, I mean, maybe you're one of their many, 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 many followers on social media. I know that today will be really, really interesting for you as it was for me. So this is my interview with Sarah Thornton, co-founder of The Finders Keepers. Hello, Sarah. How are you? Hi, I'm well, thank you. I'm excited to be chatting to you today. And I'd love to sort of start off with like right in there from the start, How do you feel like life is going for you right now on a scale of one to 10? I'm going to say an optimistic eight. (laughs) Oh, eight. Nice. Things have been a little bumpy this year, but we're trying to be optimistic and look to the future and we've got a big year ahead of us. So, Oh, no, good one for the optimistic eight. I like that answer. (laughs) (laughs) And so... I have mentioned your business just now. And of course, you know, I'm sure that so many people listening know about it, have visited, maybe even have taken part in it. I've worked with a number of clients who who know it very well and have been part of your incredible business, but I'd love you to tell us a bit more about it. So what does it do and how and why and when did you start it? So we've been around for 14 years now, so quite quite an established business. We've run... I just counted before we've run 67 events. Oh, my goodness. Across Sydney, Melbourne and Brisbane. And earlier on, Brooke, my business partner and I were designers, so we come from a design background ourselves. And the inspiration was really just to put on something fun that we wanted to go to. At the time, Brooke had just started a jewellery label and was just kind of struggling to find places to show her work and be appreciated by like-minded audience. And really back then in 2008, there wasn't really any big design markets or events that are similar to what we do now, but you probably know there's quite a few (laughs) these days. It's not a new concept, but back then it definitely was something that we thought 
didn't exist and we wanted to give it a go and she'd done a lot of like local markets that just didn't really feel like the right kind of crowd and we wanted to do something fun with some friends and it was really casual. We started really small and didn't really think much of it and just thought, oh, we'll put on this market and maybe people will come, maybe they won't and we'll have music and, you know, wine and all the fun things and it definitely was a bigger success than we could have ever imagined (laughs) in those early days. It was something that people were really craving and excited to go to and we found a niche really earlier on. So that's kind of a little bit about our backstory. And then from there, really, it was only a side hustle. It was something that we just did, you know, in our spare time with limited resources and money. And then we were like, okay, people really like this. Let's kind of make it a bit more of a business. And then it went part-time. And then eventually it just kept getting bigger and bigger and, yeah, a full-time job. And we now have eight staff as well. So it's, yeah, definitely turned into something bigger than what we anticipated. And just found a community in that as well. A lot of the designers grew up with us and established their business from very early days and have now gone on to do amazing things. So it felt like we could never really let it go because there was a need for it and we just wanted to keep supporting our community. Oh my goodness. And I love the name. So how did you come up with the name? And is it just, well, that's what people are trying to find and keep things? Like how, where did you come up with the name, The Finders Keepers? Yeah, it's it's a funny one. I think we were trying to think of something cute and kitschy and nostalgic back then, (laughs) such a long time ago. And it just stuck for some reason. I don't know. I can't even remember how we came up with it, but it was just a conversation and we're thinking about you know what's an old saying or something that has a bit of fun to it and then we just went with it and it kept (laughs) it's it is what it is now so yeah and we always kind of play on those words as well like find seek love keep and that kind of stuff and it's kind of evolved into what it is (laughs) wow and so congratulations on bringing it in 14 years that's huge and I know that seems you know like people like oh that's a long time it's way before we all got into social media so it feels very old like a life without social media and can I ask are you both stay in design as well like when you said this was a side hustle until it certain got to a point and now you've got eight staff and it's a full-time thing did Brooke give up the jewellery line entirely? Like how did you make that shift from this is a side thing to this is actually a full-blown business? Yeah, we did hold on to it for a while. I think we're both just naturally creative and we kind of joke that we'll sometimes get back to that (laughs) in our spare time. (laughs) But we both became mothers and the family life really kind of took over and, you know, managing a business and a family So some things kind of went to the side a little bit, but we always talk about, you know, being creative and doing things again. But, yeah, it it, it just kind of evolved that way and we wanted to really dedicate our time to it. I love that. And then, you know, we are in a pandemic, we're still in a pandemic, and I know lots of my clients who have had events or even some people that had booked in with the Finders Keepers, it's a very challenging time that you're in and it's a very challenging time that you've just gone through as well and so many businesses like yours where it's based on physical events. Can you talk us through like how you've pulled through? Is it still a huge 
like nightmare and you know what's it been like for businesses like yours that that really rely on face-to-face things happening like did you need to change things did you did you think at some point oh my god this is it it's just finished like how did you get Mm. through that yeah I definitely had those thoughts I think for us we were probably one of the hardest hit industries in general being events as well as music and entertainment it it was pretty hard because we didn't have any other way of making revenue so it was pretty scary and yeah there was definitely times when we were mentally preparing for the fact that we might not make it through so yeah it definitely was a hard time the start of 2020 I think everybody was going through it and it was a lot of unknowns I feel like 2021 was just as hard to be honest but we did have a bit of more of a I guess track record of how to survive during really hard times and having experienced it everybody knew how to get down to like ground zero and just go okay what what do we need to do to to survive and get through this period so yeah it's definitely um, I'm pretty proud that we're still standing today because I just didn't think it was going to happen we did rely on JobKeeper as a lot of small businesses did and we're really lucky that we had that and we were able to survive and just minimise our workload and everything immediately in terms of overhead expenses just to survive that period. And I got really good at cash flow projections, which is now a skill that I have for any scenario. And I think that really got us through to just be able to know what we had to do to survive and what's the bare minimum to survive on. But luckily our community is amazing and we always put them first and I think the strength of them getting us through it and supporting us and not pulling out and asking for refunds straight away or just being able to support us in other areas of the business was something that we've just really seen as the silver lining during this period and knowing that they're they're there to support us to get through the other end has, yeah, been one of the best things out of it and we were lucky as well because we started to operate online so we could shift to that quite quickly but yeah definitely have learned so much during the last two years and I think a lot of small businesses probably can relate to that one Yes, it's been a steep learning curve. Yes. And so you touched on the fact that you had moved online and you were able to sort of operate some part of it online. Mm. I was looking at your site before this and and you've got an online shop and I was wondering, did that start before the pandemic? Did it start just like at the start of 2020? Was that always around? And, And kind of, yeah, how have you created that in order to give people a similar experience. I know it can't be the same when they're in person, but what have you had to do to make that site, the shop online, like kind of function in a similar way? Yeah, we're really lucky because we built the online marketplace in 2019 and we had no idea what was coming, obviously. Good timing. Yeah, the plan had really been to build that out so that the designers could have a chance to connect with people during the events and after and also reach a broader audience. And, yeah, so the timing was just was good (laughs) that we really were going to launch it in 2020. So it was a kind of a forced 
launch and a quick pivot into that space. There's definitely been some challenges. One of the biggest things was that we didn't have a huge advertising and marketing budget or, you know, a lot of money to spend on keep developing it and things like that. But, yeah, we were really lucky that we had the, I guess, all the back-end stuff ready to go and the marketplace was functional and we were able to pivot there really quickly. And... Yeah, I think it it definitely is a different experience online. There's just something really special about connecting in person and we always wanted to have it as, I guess, a complementary place alongside our events to not replace that real-life contact but just to give people opportunities to connect online. So, yeah, it's definitely been good for that and we're hoping to keep building it and and getting more sellers to have that, you know, constant cash flow as well. Mm, oh, my goodness. We will, of course, link to that in the show notes as well. And another thing I wanted to ask, and you've talked about the journey to start this business and that you were in partnership and you're still in partnership with Brooke Johnston on, on this whole business. And I always find it interesting to ask kind of how has it been working in a partnership and did you have to, like when you started this and because it was a side thing for so long, was it just like let's just do this and you do that part and I'll do this part and we can kind of just figure it out or was it a sit down and like you're really good at this, you should do that part of the business and I'm good at this and and especially when you started bringing on staff as well. I work with lots of people who've gone into business with a friend or their partner or a cousin or a sister or whatever. And I think there's always a point at which, you know, we need to talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I'm just sort of wondering like how how did it start? And is there any advice that you'd give to people who are listening who maybe have just got into business with somebody and you're 14 years in? Or similarly, maybe they've got their own business and they're thinking about bringing like a friend or a partner on board as a partnership. Yeah, it's such a good question and it's funny. I've been asked this before and I've just said I don't want to give advice on it (laughs) (laughs) just because some partnerships just don't work and Mm. there are some horror stories out there. So I think it really comes down to personality compatibility in a big way, first of all, and then also the skill sets because if you're very entrepreneurial and then you've got another person who's just as gusto as you, there can be clashes if you don't actually, you know, have clear boundaries on what your strengths are. Mm. I think for Brooke and I, like, we didn't really sit down from the start. As, As I said earlier, it was really organic. Like, we just started doing it on the side and we hadn't really sat down and done a business plan or really ever thought about where we wanted to go in the future and that didn't really happen until later on but the reason we work so well is I'm I guess more of the digital technical side of things and she's way more hands-on than I am and we found this really beautiful flow of skill sets that always works so in terms of what she does at the events, it's all production, it's all making the events come to life and look beautiful and feel like a you know experience that people are drawn to. And she's always had a real design eye for those things. And we've always found like we creatively have a really strong bond 
but then when it comes to systems and technical stuff and how to build out a project timeline, that's my strengths and I really have, yeah, a whole different skill set to her but we work so well together. And I think that, yeah, there's also that the personalities that work together, like we don't, we don't argue or fight. We've got a really good relationship and a one that respects each other. So if she doesn't agree with something or has another idea, then we really just sit down and go, okay, well, what's the best solution? Mm. Yeah, it just works. And I think it is pretty rare and I feel like um, we are lucky that we've got that relationship and, you know, it's a testament that we've got so far. Mm because some partnerships just don't work and people know when it's time to cut it off. And, yeah, so I'm really kind of careful with what advice I give because I don't want to be the person to say, yeah, go and do it, and then it's a disaster. (laughs) Well, you are, like, incredibly lucky because, like, 14 years. I think the I looked it up once, the average marriage in Australia is 12.1 years. So Mm. you have outlasted the average marriage in Australia. Yeah, that's so true. That's funny. Yeah, a business can bring in a whole lot of, you know, extra stuff as well. And I love that you talked on personalities. I often, whenever there's a partnership, they absolutely have to do it. I get partners to do the 16personalities.com test, which is. Oh, yeah. 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 And just sort of <laughs> not to be like, oh, this is your personality. It's concrete. But just to yeah. start seeing, like I just had a couple the other day that did it. And they were like, oh, my gosh. And I was like, wow, you are actually the opposites on every single part of the test and yeah it was just really interesting they'd never done anything like that and it was like well of course you're going to keep coming up against these clashes because you're coming at it from two very different ways of looking at the world so yeah Yeah, that's so true I think it's really important for you to be aware of your personality traits and we've done a similar one too we've done that that one but the disc profile oh yes yep which was great for our team to do because we realized we were on opposite spectrums but could really respect and understand how differently people work Mm. and what they need to really do their best work, which is something that we like to think about. Like how can you do your best work if you're that personality and that's different to somebody else completely? Yeah. And even just like we all have stories around money or we have stories around I don't know, ego or putting ourselves out there. Like everyone has their own things and then they bring that into a business partnership. And sometimes those things are never spoken about until it becomes really evident that there's a difference in opinion. Yeah. Some sort of thing. So, yeah, I love that. And obviously you're very concentrated on, you know, creating this amazing culture and this amazing team as well. Like even the fact that you've done disc profiling is is huge. A lot of people don't. They just sort of keep going and, you know, we're not going to work out what's different or how we can best help our staff. Yeah, or just trying to funnel them into a box that doesn't work for everybody either. (laughs) Exactly. And I think like another thing that it seems evident from your business and the brand is that, you know, social media has been a huge part of your business. I think you've got, you know, 230,000 minimum maybe. Yeah, around there. (laughs) Yeah, so, you know, a quarter of a million plus people following you. How has social media kind of like how has it contributed to the business? Because you started this well before social media. Like I think we all forget that Instagram's only been around, I think it's 10 years this year and it's late 2012, I think, that it started. Facebook started 2007, but people weren't really using it. And even Instagram, I remember when that came out, I was in London, 
I mean, you dare, everyone had that Kodak film filter. Yeah, I was going to say it was really personal. Back yeah, then. it was very personal. It wasn't business driven no. at all. And now it's hugely business driven. And so I'm wondering, like, firstly, how did you get the word out about the business before social media? And then how has social media helped you? Because you've obviously got this huge audience on social media. Yeah, it's been interesting because, yeah, we're pre-Facebook, well, Facebook, Instagram days. We're actually on MySpace, if you remember that. Oh, my God, I totally remember <laughs> MySpace. I've met so many great people on MySpace. And I'm just like, yeah. oh, I loved MySpace. Oh, my God. It was all about, like, what track do you want on MySpace? As yeah, well. it was a lot more creative because you had colourful pages yeah. and pictures and, and, yeah, the music that you'd have mm-hmm. playing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I think it was super organic in the early days and we did a lot of word-of-mouth marketing and, like, physically visiting people and giving them a flyer in their hand (laughs) and doing, like, old poster runs and, yeah, it was just a real organic kind of marketing and really we built, I think, we built our blog in the early days and then we started with email marketing kind of before anyone was really knowing what they were doing with that. (laughs) Yes, I think it was definitely like really organic and building that list of people and followers over time. And then when social media did take off, we did, you know, change how we communicated to our audience but made sure that we're always building our email list which I think is one of the best marketing tips you can have. But I think naturally, as you can see on Instagram, it's, you know, it's a visual overload of so many small businesses doing amazing things and real content and stuff that you could access quite easily. We never really had that before, except if you're trying to troll MySpace and find these people out there. So there was a real beautiful synergy for us to connect with our audience and quickly as well and having that platform has been amazing. I think there's definitely challenges now, like everybody talks about algorithms and all that kind of boring stuff. But, yeah, we just always try and keep that organic advertising marketing stuff as well. Yeah. And so do you like, like I know you just mentioned the algorithms, but, like, do you like using social media? Has that been something that someone in your team now looks after? I know... Like I've got a lot of clients that have big numbers on social media and sometimes they love it and sometimes they're like, oh, you know what, I'd love to just get, get rid of it altogether, but I can't because it's a huge part of the business now. Do you mm. do you enjoy social media? Like is that somewhere you look for inspiration yourselves as business owners but just, you know, people as well? It's definitely become a beast over time. I can definitely relate to that love-hate relationship. I would say it's become a pretty big tool for us in our business and we do have um amazing social and content manager on board so it takes the pressure of us creating content but also we're lucky because we are sharing beautiful design content all the time and we have small businesses to share and talk about so it's not as hard I think quite natural to talk about other people but if it was all me I probably would hate it (laughs) (laughs) like hats off to the people that just talk about themselves all the time or you know, the content is all driven by them because it's it's draining and it's a lot of work. And I know some people, you know, don't feel natural doing that as well. 
I can probably take it or leave it. I don't really love social media. I love in-person connections and (laughs) probably a bit old school like that. But, yeah, it's definitely been a helpful tool and we try and, you know, be smart about it but without it running our business and putting all eggs in one basket. Yes. We're always trying to think of ways that we can, you know, utilise it as a tool but not let it drive what we do. Mm, and I love that you mentioned before emails. Um, I have a Sunday email that goes out every week and I always say to people, like, they're like, but isn't email dead? And I'm like, no, no it is not. It is still, like, you look at all It's the our best engagement. <laughs> yeah, is it? So, yeah, like, you look at the numbers, you look at how much return on investment and, and purchases and everything. It's just, I just, like, I often talk to people and they've got thousands of people on their email list and they're not talking to them. And I'm like, oh, my God, you know. And then people spend so much time on social media with this hope that, you know, maybe someone will see it. And they've got this pool of people that just want to hear from you. So, yeah, I love that you mentioned that. And another thing that you guys are working on that is coming up soon, if you're listening to this in real time, is Business Summit. So can you talk us through that? Because I'm assuming that people are going to hear some really great business advice. I'm really bummed that I won't be able to go. But tell us, like, how did that come up and, and what's, the, what's the objective with that? Yes, that's a whole new area that we haven't, haven't mentioned yet. But um. We have never done a business summit, so we're very excited. It's been actually an idea of mine for years and (laughs) I think we were going to launch it in 2020, (laughs) so that was definitely not going to (laughs) happen. But, yeah, so it's been on the back burner for a while and I think it's just been something that we recognise our community needs. There's lots of different small business support out there but something more specific for creatives and I guess something that I wanted selfishly to, (laughs) it's the same reason why we started the markets. It's like the reason why I want to do it is because I can't find anything out there that matches that kind of content that I want. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And just, I I reckon just the opportunity to get amazing people in the same room and talking, there's nothing like those connections you make and the feelings that you have when you walk away from those conferences or connections business networking things there's definitely been some pivotal points I think for me being able to attend things like that and what you walk away with is a lot more than you can just get from a book (laughs) sometimes Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and even like other people's questions the questions that come from the audience you know sometimes there's so much gold in in that not necessarily even just the conference itself but yeah knowing other people are feeling how you're feeling it's like validate yeah, we've got a mix of the keynotes and also panels and I think that is sometimes where you find the best gold in those conversations that are quite natural. Yeah, I love that. And so what else, like you mentioned that you've had some pivotal points in your business from things like conferences and seminars, but what else has been really important for you in your learning? Like have you had mentors or mantras or books or, I don't know, a documentary that's like changed your mind that you'd suggest to other people or that just was a really interesting one for you when you're building your business? Yeah, so I did have a business coach who's still a great friend of mine, Prue Chapman from the Owners Collective. Mm -hmm. She also lives locally up here and we started our own group of small business female owners and that has been amazing because we just all lean on each other for support and inspiration and I think that's just something that's been 
super helpful to have those connections and be able to feel like people understand where you're at and yeah learn a lot from I definitely listen to a lots of podcasts including this one (laughs) it's something that I binge when I'm driving or actually when I'm cleaning which I find really great because you're doing something methodical (laughs) first time to take stuff in I also read a lot of books I like a lot of self-development, personal development stuff as well, small business. And, yeah, I'm just always, I'm always interested in that kind of space, learning about yourself and growing as a person as well as an entrepreneur. Mm, yeah, I love, I love those as well. Like if anyone looked at my the books that I'm buying online, <laughs> they would just be like, whoa, business, business, self-help, self-help, business, business. Yeah. So, yeah, the occasional like Leanne Moriarty or some, you know, easy read sort of thing as well. But you are really busy, like you mentioned before, that you're uh, a parent and you have these events and there's been stop, start, stop, start, stop, start. And now you're adding this other thing to them, the Business Summit, plus you've got an online store. (laughs) I'm just wondering, like, how do you stay organized and on top of things? Because you would have like thousands of vendors that have had stalls at Finders Keepers and have set up, plus all the other things that you do around that. Do you? Are you super organised as a person? Do you have any apps? Do you Are there kind of platforms that you plug everything into that, that help? I'm always interested in this question with other people. <laughs> <laughs> the never-ending quest for organisation. I'm, I'm very lucky because we have a good team and I am quite methodical with organisation. So for me, like a really good timeline and knowing what's coming up and we use Asana for our project management, which is an online tool. Mm-hmm. Business-wise, we've always got really good kind of plan coming up into events. And then personally, I use some pretty old-school methods, which is the weekly paper pad, <laughs> and chunk out my tasks into three things that I need to get done for the day. And I think that's how I keep myself kind of sane and organised. Like I usually try and look at it at a monthly or a project view and then break it down into what needs to get done this week, what is absolutely urgent today and, you know, what do I need to get done to support my team for them to get their tasks done as well. So, yeah, it's kind of a mix of all online and a little bit of old paper and pad method. And I use a like a productivity funnel, which is just kind of chunking your tasks into what's coming up, what needs doing, what needs watching and what's done. Just kind of like probably heard about in uh, lots of business groups and books and stuff. Yeah. Oh, no, I love that. And I'm all for the old school like pen and paper. (laughs) I use that as well. Like you can have all the apps in the world but there's something about an, an old school pen and paper as well. And so what are you most proud of from your journey in business? 14 years, that's huge. You're in a teenager kind of area now. So, yeah, <laughs> what are you most proud of? You've only got four more years and it's a full-on adult. <laughs> I know, how funny. I guess I'm proud of all the small businesses that we've helped over the years. I'm like a proud parent watching the little ducklings grow and where they go from here is always amazing it's nice to be part of that and know that we've had some some kind of you know impact on them 
as a small business. I guess from a personal level, I'm proud of like surviving the pandemic because, mm. yeah, it was really probably the hardest thing that we've ever been through, both personally and as a business. And knowing that I could keep it going and keep the team employed and knowing that we're able to have a full calendar of events this year is pretty exciting. So, yeah, I'm proud of us for getting this far, even though it's been a bumpy journey. We want to keep doing what we love. So, yeah. Oh, no, you would have helped so many and you're still helping so many businesses. And, yeah, it's just incredible what you've built. So congratulations on that. And so what is next? You've got the Business Summit. What else is happening? And where is the best place for people to connect with you? Yep, so our website is thefinderskeepers.com. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, Pinterest, all the fun places. All the places. <laughs> <laughs> What's next for us is obviously the summit, which is on June 2nd in Brisbane. We'll also have it online. So if you can't make it in person, you can watch it from the fun of your own couch. And we've got a full calendar of events this year, which is amazing to see again. So we'll be back in Brisbane, Sydney and Melbourne and all our event dates are on our website. So we hope to see you there. Amazing. And we'll link to all of that in the show notes as well. But thank you so much, Sarah, for making the time to come on and chat with us and for sharing so many tips and ideas. No worries. Thank you so much for having me. No worries. Bye. Bye. Oh, what an interesting story. I love, you know, how this all just started from an idea and now it's grown to literally help thousands of small business owners get their idea out there, get out to the public, learn from their audience, connect with people, ask questions, you know, have people ask questions of them that, you know, then can become real parts of their marketing and their business story. So yeah, just so, so interesting. And yeah, thanks again, Sarah, for kind of pitching yourself to come on here. And if anyone's listening and wants to pitch themselves to be on the podcast, please do. We get a lot of pitches, I should say, but you know, if it is the right fit, we will definitely book you in. So you can just email us hello at mydailybusinesscoach.com. But yeah, I'd love to know what you most took away from my conversation with Sarah Thornton of The Finders Keepers. And so for to me, there were so many things that I took away, but two that I kind of want to highlight is one, and I sort of touched on this just before, the idea that if you can't find something, start it. You know, and it doesn't need to be this huge business to start with. It doesn't need to be, you know, where the finders keepers are now. When they started, as Sarah said, it was a side project. It was, you know, we're going to look at how could we do this and how could we kind of just do it, you know, in a way that we can actually do it and, you know, have friends and family help or just get it out small. It doesn't always need to be this big thing. And I think so often we can sit in a kind of procrastination station because we think that it needs to be, you know, perfect from the get-go. Sarah and Brooke have been running this now for, you know, well over a decade and they are learning. And my gosh, they're like fully into teenage years now. I think it's 14 years. And so, you know, they're learning every step and every time they learn something and experiment and try something new and different, they're stronger for it and better for it. So I love that idea. Just just start, you know, it doesn't need to be perfect, just start. And the second thing that I loved was personality traits and personality types. And I love that Sarah brought this up and sort of talked about, you know, 
what they do as a team because it is so important for people to work well together and especially in her type of business where people are working under you know, stressful environment, any kind of event can be very stressful. If you've ever worked in events or PR or marketing, (laughs) you all know that it may look all beautiful and glamorous at the end, but man, it's hard slog to get there. So to know how do I best communicate with the people that I work with? How do they best like to be managed? What do they want from their life? What are they, what are they looking for? You know, even as little as You know, some people prefer to be publicly acknowledged for good jobs. Some people just prefer money. You know, everyone has a different way and there's no right or wrong. It's just the awareness of knowing how can we best work as a team. So I love that she brought that up. It's so, so important. So yeah, I would love to know what you most took away from this. You can email us hello at mydailybusinesscoach.com or you can send us a DM at mydailybusinesscoach. And of course, I'm sure Sarah would love to hear from you as well. So If you want to check out, you know, everything that they're doing, you can find that at thefinderskeepers.com. If you want to connect with them on Instagram, you can find that just at finders underscore keepers, and you'll find them over there along with so much inspiration. Oh my goodness. You could literally just go through their Instagram and find 10,000 new brands that you want to be besties with, because it's just a beautiful selection of color and collaboration and creativity. And it's, it's wonderful. So definitely check them out at finders underscore keepers. And if you're interested in the business summit, and particularly if you are in Queensland and you're able to get there in person, gosh, it's nice to go to in-person events again. You can find everything at thefinderskeepers.com forward slash summit. And of course, we'll link to all of that in the show notes, which you'll find at mydailybusinesscoach.com forward slash podcast forward slash 208. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for Sarah for sharing all your wisdom. And I look forward to seeing you all in the next episode. Take care. Bye. Thanks for listening to the My Daily Business Coach podcast. If you want to get in touch, you can do that at mydailybusinesscoach.com or hit me up on Instagram at mydailybusinesscoach.com.